Welcome to the Arborist News audio podcast, brought to you by the International Society of Arboriculture. This audio version of the Arborist News CEU article is voiced by Paul Johnson, Urban Forestry Program Coordinator with Texas A&M Forest Service. This month's article is Part 1 of Tree Injection by Sean Burnick and E. Thomas Smiley. Objectives. Compare and contrast micro-injections and macro-injections. Describe potential damage that could result from injecting trees. Discuss the factors that must be considered prior to injecting trees. CEUs for this article apply to Certified Arborist, Municipal Specialist, and BCMA practice categories only. Clients and arborists must weigh the potential benefits of any IPM treatment against the risks and potential harm that it may cause. For pests that cause only minor damage, or when spray or soil treatments are effective, tree injections should be avoided to prevent unnecessary wounding to the tree. In some cases, tree injection is the most effective way to treat a specific insect or disease problem. This is the case with vascular wilt diseases, such as Dutch elm disease and oak wilt. In those instances, the tree will be significantly damaged or killed by the pest if an effective treatment is not applied. Some pest problems may not be effectively managed with other application methods, may be restricted in the jurisdiction, or may be prohibitive because of tree size, financial constraints, product label, legal restrictions, and or environmental-slash-site conditions. Restrictions are often in place on application of many pesticides near water, property lines, or other pesticide-sensitive areas. In those cases, tree injection may be the treatment method of choice. There are two types of tree injection methods that use pressure during the application process, macro-injection and micro-injection. The volume of solution injected is the main differentiating factor between the two. In addition, the two methods can also be distinguished by the way the solution is distributed by the injection device. Macro-injection systems deliver large volumes of solution, typically a quart, 0.946 liters, or more, to multiple injection ports from a common reservoir, and they are usually pressurized by pumps or compressed gas canisters. The advantage of macro-injection is that high volumes of dilute solutions may be injected. High-volume dilutions are necessary with materials that can cause damage to the vascular tissue or foliage when more concentrated solutions are used. Macro-injection is not appropriate for delivering most non-diluted or some highly concentrated materials. A disadvantage of macro-injection devices is that they usually have multiple injection ports attached to the tree, and if one or more of those ports are installed in a portion of the tree that is not absorbing the solution well, the application may result in uneven uptake and distribution in the crown of the tree. This can cause uneven foliage color, less growth regulation, or higher insect or disease levels depending on the material injected. Micro-injection delivers a smaller volume of solution than macro-injection, making it the preferred application method for concentrated materials with low phytotoxicity. Micro-injectors are not appropriate for use with large volumes of solution or for treatment materials that require significant dilution. Most micro-injectors allow the applicator to monitor movement of the treatment material into the tree. When an injection site fails or leaks, many micro-injection devices allow for relocation of the injector to an area that will improve uptake. Micro-injectors include individual self-pressurizing and pre-measured capsules, as well as systems that use one or more injection ports. Some micro-injectors use handheld guns that are operated by manually squeezing the trigger to deliver the chemical into the tree. Other micro-injection devices are pressurized through the use of pumps, compressed gas, or other external air sources. 
Two other types of tree injection, which do not use significant pressure, are also used in arboriculture, infusion and implants. Tree infusion uses low or no pressure to inject a solution, with the solution absorbed and transported with the sap flow. Implants are dry materials such as tablets, pills, or powders that are installed in a hole drilled into the wood. The material is dissolved and transported via sap flow. Infusion and implants are not addressed in this article. Anytime wounds are made on a tree, there is a possibility of insects or pathogens gaining entry. Holes drilled for tree injection are no exception. Generally, small diameter, shallow holes are preferred for trunk injections because they are the least likely to introduce decay. Holes repeatedly drilled into the same area on an annual or more frequent basis, as well as large diameter or deeply drilled holes, increase the likelihood of introducing decay. If the previous set of injection wounds is not closed at the time of the next scheduled injection, the application should be reassessed. Injection holes should never be backfilled with dowels or caulk. Certain tree species tolerate wounding better than others, and healthy trees can withstand wounding better than stressed or weakened trees. One indication of wound tolerance is rate of compartmentalization. Because internal xylem damage can be observed only at the time of tree removal or if core samples are collected above the drilled hole, it can be difficult to see how well the tree is compartmentalizing wounds. Typically, the only observable indication is external wound closure. In addition to wounding caused by drilling or inserting injectors into the tree, damage can occur from phytotoxicity of the injected chemical. In some cases, this damage may not be immediately evident. However, phytotoxicity from the treatment can kill living wood, vascular cambium, and phloem tissues over a much larger area than the initial drill or injector location. Damage to the cambium and phloem appears as lines of dead bark above and possibly below the injection site or as a circle around the injection site. Excessive pressure can increase the amount of cambial and phloem damage caused by a phytotoxic material. Damage to wood can result in fluxing, oozing from the injection site, but often the damage is difficult to detect without cutting or drilling into the tree. Phytotoxicity can also appear in foliage. This is often caused by the solvent used to dissolve a water-insoluble active ingredient before it can be injected as a liquid. If the treatment is damaging to the foliage, symptoms are usually visible within three days, but may take up to seven days in some cases. Symptoms can appear as marginal leaf scorch, intervenal necrosis, or defoliation. If the damage is minor, symptoms will not be present with the next flush of growth. More severe damage may result in complete defoliation or tree decline. Product manufacturers test for phytotoxicity before labeling and marketing products. However, it is impossible to anticipate every potential treatment scenario. Generally, arborists need to trust that the product manufacturer has tested the treatment and found it to be non-phytotoxic when applied according to label instructions. Phytotoxicity can be species-specific, and it is not practical to test every product on every tree species. Any damage detected should be reported to the chemicals manufacturer. Products not specifically labeled for trunk injection should never be injected into a tree. Though the active ingredient may be the same, products are usually formulated for a specific application procedure. Products formulated for spray or other application methods can cause severe injury if injected into the sapwood of trees. Ask the product manufacturer to provide information about the preferred application method before purchasing their products or equipment. For tree injections to be effective and affordable, the treatment must be relatively rapid and the material must be taken up and evenly distributed to the target tissues in the tree. The time required to perform a treatment is dependent on a number of factors, including tree species, the injection device used, required dosage, viscosity of product being injected, tree health, and environmental conditions. 
The movement of solutions in the xylem is predominantly upward. However, there is considerable variation in the path of water movement among tree species. Therefore, the number and placement of injection sites will have a direct impact on the product's distribution. Ring porous species, e.g. ash, fraxinus, oak, quercus, typically have relatively large vessels and tend to have faster uptake than trees with diffuse porous wood, e.g. maple, acer, pear, pyrus. Uptake in conifers is typically slow because they conduct water only through small diameter tracheids. In addition, resin flow in conifers may further impede uptake. For treatments to be effective, factors such as product formulation and pest or tree phenology must be considered. One of the most important factors is the timing of the application. Product labels typically provide application timing recommendations. Most insects and pathogens have known life cycle stages during which they are most susceptible to treatment. Timing the application so that the treatment will be at the highest concentration when the pest is most susceptible will increase efficacy. The speed at which the solution moves and distributes throughout the crown will vary. Some treatments can be applied long before the pest or problem is evident, while others need to be applied when the pest is active. The anticipated time that the material will remain active in the tree is referred to as residual activity. Products have residual activity ranging from days to several years. If multiple options exist for treating the pest or condition of concern, the product with the longer residual activity is usually preferred because the treatment interval can be extended. Product manufacturers can provide information on residual activity. In general, uptake of tree injection products is highest when trees are healthy, fully leafed out, and vigorous. However, some products can cause damage when applied at certain times of the year. For example, when iron is injected at a high rate shortly after full leaf expansion, foliar burning can occur. When the same material is applied in the fall, it should not cause any damage. For deciduous tree species, uptake rates are often greatly reduced after the onset of fall coloration. Avoid treating trees that are drought-stressed or have serious dieback or decline symptoms. Treating trees with compromised vascular systems caused by insects, disease, or other ailments can result in slower uptake or ineffective treatments. Environmental factors, e.g. severe drought, frozen ground, must be considered when planning the timing of tree injection applications for best treatment results. Uptake is most rapid during the growing season when there is sufficient soil moisture, low humidity, clear skies, light wind, and moderate temperatures. Unless necessary, avoid treatment during times of high heat because uptake will typically be slower and the risk of foliar phytotoxicity may increase. Uptake is usually faster in the morning than in the afternoon, but uptake may rebound in the late afternoon and early evening. Thank you for listening to this month's Arborist News audio podcast. An online quiz worth one CEU is available now to current ISA members. Visit the ISA web store and search for online quizzes for the most recent CEU opportunities. This quiz will become available to non-members in April 2017. Arborist News is ISA's bi-monthly serial publication that provides readers with the latest in arboricultural news and education. This magazine is an ISA member benefit and offers opportunities for ISA credential holders to earn CEUs. Become a member today to start receiving Arborist News in your mailbox or your inbox. That concludes this episode. Please check back for the next Arborist News audio.